Ho, ho, ho. What's up, everybody? Late Merry Christmas. But we're here again with another episode of the Dwight Chocolate NBA podcast. Um, what a week of NBA. We got some Christmas NBA games where we were gifted with uh, John Wall versus Kyrie Irving. Um, a Timberwolves win over the Lakers, obviously. And then a thunder, a surprising thunder win over the Houston Rockets. And a close game between the Cavaliers and the Warriors. Sean, what was your reaction to Christmas Day basketball? Uh, I mean, I always love Christmas basketball. It's one of my favorite parts of Christmas. All day from 9 a.m. to 7.30, you got a game going on. Did you have a good Christmas, Alan? I think so, yeah. It was some great games. Um, I didn't really think that Warriors-Cavs game was going to be as close as it was, but the Warriors fought. They stayed in it, and they came out on top. Uh, you didn't think that would be close? I, I no Steph Curry? Yeah, with no, I thought it wasn't going to be close as like the Cavaliers were actually going to have a convincing win over the Warriors. No, but then I also thought Sean Livingston wasn't going to show up for that game. I thought he was going to be out again. Um, Draymond Green played really well. I thought maybe he was going to have an okay game, but they came out and they fought hard against this Cavaliers team. Yeah, that was a good game. Uh, the Rockets Thunder was a great game too. Yep. Um, you're really seeing OKC start to pick it up here. We'll talk a little bit more about them later in the podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, too bad about the Lakers though. Uh, if Lonzo's yeah. there, maybe it's a different story. Uh, but what a... they, they kept it competitive for three quarters of that game. So you got to give them a little bit of credit. Right. It kind of just, I mean, I thought that game was going to end. I, I really turned on the TV and I barely really watched that game. I just didn't really think it was going to be a good one, especially yeah, after sure. so many good games prior to that. I was, I was like, okay, this is going to be the least watchable one out of all of them. <laughs> and I'm a Laker fan too. And I just didn't want to watch the beat down they were going to get, but the, yeah, you're right. They were in it for quite a while, yeah. but the result, um, I think it was <laughs> you. If you're a betting man, you came out on top yeah, for sure. Broke down a little bit, but all, all the games before that were pretty good. I think seven points was the largest win before that game. So mm. all four games very competitive. Uh, great for Christmas Day. That's exactly what you want if you're the NBA. So right. good basketball all around. I agree. So let's get into it. So. First, starting off, let's talk about the Hall of Fame here. So just recently, some of the Hall of Fame nominations were announced, and some of those names include Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Ray Allen, Grant Hill, Chauncey Billups, and Richard Hamilton. So Mm -hmm. to start start this conversation off, here's a a little trivia question for you, Sean. Which of these two Hall of Fame candidates were at one point co-rookies of the year? And they might have oh, been man. the only co-rookies of the year. I don't. I didn't even know this was such an award. But yeah, two of these guys were given co-rookies of the year. Huh. Interesting. Oh man, I wish I was better with when these guys came into the league. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, let's go with Grant Hill and here. Jason Kidd. I don't want. Ah, oh, you, <laughs> you. Did you? You looked it up? No, I didn't. I oh, did not dude, look you it got it right. Yeah. You got it right. That was a shot in the dark. Was it? Was there it was, no... I had no reason for thinking that at all. Really? I, I didn't. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that was a great guess. Wow. I guess I guess you could have already eliminated Steve Nash and Ray Allen because I assume you were watching basketball uh, probably I, by I, then. I mean, yeah, I... You could have told me Ray Allen and Grant Hill came in at the same time, and I probably would have believed you. Hmm. Yeah. I that knew that. I knew guess. that Chauncey could... Billups didn't. Yeah. Wow. All right. 
Grant yeah, Hill, Grant Jason Hill Kidd. and Jason Kidd. Yeah, back in the early 90s when these two guys came in, they were both co-rookies of the year. And here they are, part of the same nomination class for the 2018 Hall of Fame. So I, the next question here is you're looking at this list, Sean. Who's like your first instinct that you're like, okay, this guy is for sure in. Um, and I'm not Definitely. whether you have questions about one of them or you think one of them is with no doubts not. Definitely Steve Nash. I'd say Steve Nash is definitely. I mean, two-time MVP. He led that Suns team for, what, a decade? Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane. And yeah. I'd probably also, I'd probably give it to Jason Kidd, too. I mean, 10-time All-Star, five-time assist leader, second all-time in assists. Those are pretty unbeatable numbers. Right. Is there anybody who stands out on that other side? Somebody that you're you have questions like, oh, I don't know if this guy's the first a first ballot. Maybe later on, or maybe never at all. I don't know. I don't see Rip Hamilton really. Like he was a good player. I mean, I watched him a little bit, like in my mm-hmm. earlier days of watching the NBA. Um, he was good, but on that Pistons team, he is like third best player. He's yeah. a good scorer. And, like, his accolades that you wrote here, they're not exactly very convincing. He's a three-time All-Star, for sure. Won yeah. the championship with that Pistons team, but that was a lot of Chauncey Billups, who is also on this mm-hmm. list. So I, I don't see him getting there over Chauncey. And uh, he's just not really, like, he's a good player. He's not, like, a standout player, though. Yeah. I would say Richard Hamilton, to me, one of the things that stands out about him was sort of, like, he was famous for sort of, well, at that time, they called it sort of like a helicopter play where he would he would come off that curl and just catch it. And he was and it was basically in as soon as he caught that ball <laughs> in the mid range. And he had that play against he did that play a lot against the Lakers in the back in 2004 during that NBA finals. Um, and also another claim to fame for Richard Hamilton is he averaged over 20 points a game playing alongside Michael Jordan. Oh, I, interesting. That's I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a fun fact, but I'm not sure it's enough to claim um, a first ballot Hall no, of Fame it's not. entry. Um, yeah, I agree with you 100% here. Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, for sure. The MVP accolades. The Jason Kidd won, the, won NBA championship in 2011. Steve Nash, unfortunately, never got his. But nonetheless, Steve Nash, great shooter. 40% over from three-point land. 90% free throw shooter. fifty Over 50% just from field goal range. But um, I'm also going to add um, Ray Allen to this alongside Steve Nash and Jason as like Kidd a as for a sure must. thing. Yep, as a for sure first ballot. Oh, okay. I mean, this we're talking about the one of the best shooters of all time, the leader in three-point field goals made, Mr. Ray Allen, two-time champion. Uh wow. something crazy about Ray Allen is he sort of like defined himself as a shooter later on in his career, although when he first started with the Milwaukee Bucks and the SuperSonics, he was kind of like that isolation do-it-all type guy. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And so there's also some uh, holdover candidates, right, that could also be inducted into the Hall of Fame this go-around? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I have a list up right now um, for, okay. with some of the list, uh, for some of the names. Uh, Muggsy Bugs, little guy, still, still a holdover. Oh, yeah. uh, Maurice Cheeks, Tim Hardaway, Sidney Moncrief, Jack Sigma, uh, Rudy Tomjanovic, who's a coach, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Ben Wallace, and Chris Weber. Uh, ben Wallace okay. being on this Pistons team with uh, Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton. Yeah, it's a multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year winner there. Uh, 
You also got Rudy Tom Donovich, who was a two-time NBA champion coach. He was one of the few yeah. coaches that won an NBA champion during the era of Michael Jordan, him alongside Greg Popovich with the Spurs, of course. Yeah. Um, and that's something interesting with the Detroit Pistons. They Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton were some of the few guys they got an NBA champion in an era that was dominated <laughs> by the Spurs and the Lakers. Right. That's, that's so, really impressive. Yeah. So from 1999 to 2010, only three different teams outside of the Lakers and the Spurs won an NBA championship, being the Heat, the Celtics, and the Pistons. Oh, wow. So they got that claim to fame there. Yeah. And the Heat, that was like towards the end of that range, too, right? When LeBron went over to them, or is that. Oh, no, this is the 2006 Miami The 2006? Oh, with Wade and Shaq. Right. Alonzo oh, Mourning and yeah. uh, Gary Payton. Uh, Mario Haslam. Chalmers. Mario, not Mario Chalmers. <laughs> was he not there? He was no, there. Mar- 2006 Miami Heat, uh, was he? I, I thought he, maybe, maybe that was a little before his time. I think it was a little bit before his time, yeah. Yeah. This was a, this was the old. This is the old school Miami yeah. Heat back when. Yeah, you might Shaq be right. Still... Udonis Haslam was the only holdover. Yep. Yeah, that guy's been there forever. Hmm. Yeah, um, a guy here that I see probably, maybe in a couple years he makes it. Maybe Rick Hamilton, if at all. I kind of feel bad because he yeah. was a quality player, but I mean, I, I just doesn't at, scream Hall of Famer to me. Yeah, I I agree with you. This is such a competitive class, too, to be put in with. I mean, isn't every class going to be competitive? True. These are all, like, true. players that were huge impact on the NBA when they played. Like, they're not going to just put anybody in this list. Yeah. I almost feel bad that guys like this, because there's, like, no limit on the amount of guys you can... I mean, basically, all these guys can get inducted on the first try. True, yeah. But... I feel bad. Like a guy like Rip <laughs> Hamilton probably shouldn't have even made it this far, but he did nonetheless. I mean, I think like, in 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 his mind, I think it's cool to even be considered for this position. True. It's like if I'm Rip Hamilton, I'm like it's awesome that I'm even a part of this conversation. Like mm-hmm. it's it's an honor in itself, and I think you should yeah. be proud of that. I think yeah, true. I would even because. I'm looking at this list, and I think Ben Wallace has a better chance of making it than Rip Hamilton. Yeah, I would agree. But, I mean, Ben Wallace was just a defensive monster during his time. <laughs> I mean, he right. I don't. He was six foot eight, and he terrorized. I don't want maybe not terrorized, but he gave Shaq a run for his money during the during those uh, playoff series that they had. Um, and he had great hair. He did. That the is big true. afro. Mm-hmm. Or I guess you could call it an afro. Yeah. Yeah, the occasional dreadlocks yeah right (laughs) (laughs) all right so we'll see how this goes i mean the voting will happen um well the winners will be announced during the ncaa final four um game so we'll know then which which, yeah how many of these guys actually make the hall of fame very cool Uh, my yep betting man i put steve nash and jason kidd and i think ray allen i don't know about you sean do you yeah yeah i'll side with you i think i think ray (laughs) allen for sure i think He's that type of player that like people remember as a legend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then right. on the on the topic of voting, uh, the 2018 All Star Game voting is now live. Man, who you got? Who who are you gonna put in for your votes? You can vote once per day. Uh, with three front court, two back court, I believe. Uh, for the East and the West. I don't know, man. I for a while the other day I was I was watching the Laker game and I was on Twitter and people were just blowing it up trying to convince each other to 
Oh, everybody vote. Vote for Jordan Clarkson. Vote for Lonzo <laughs> Ball. Vote for Julius Randle. Jordan Clarkson. Uh. Yeah, it's just, and it always amazes me the amount of NBA fans that are on Twitter that just, that are willing to do that sort of, I mean, they're just like, they have like an insane Laker bias, which is fine. Well, it's cool. I mean, it was Zaza Pachulia that made it with the fan voting last year, right? That like, right, he, was he didn't so actually close. make the game, but like the if it was only up to the fans he would have made it in so stupid right and that and that was last year and even the year before that he again almost he was like pretty <laughs> damn i mean the oh, reason man. they enacted the new rule was basically because he almost made it right yeah he they almost, can't let a scrub like him into the all-star game yeah he garnered more votes than guys like anthony davis and and DeMarcus Cousins, right. Rudy Gobert, <laughs> yeah, Marcus Sol. good I players. Mean, yeah, the list goes on and on. Um, but yeah, it, it's always it's such a uh, such a fanatic, like his hilarious thing to watch unfold of, over social media. But right now, my initial thoughts. I mean, I'm picking Victor Odalipo for hey, sure. Yeah, I like hey. that guy. He is playing well. Um, I always like cheering for these underdog guys. Obviously, there's obvious picks like James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if there's one guy I'd go crazy over on Twitter, it'd probably be Victor Odalipo. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you and I actually put him in, in my voting, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, had its own biases. I, I also voted for Kuzma and David Nwaba, <laughs> okay. um, but I actually think Victor Odalipo deserves to be in the all-star game. He's played like an absolute star in Indiana, mm-hmm. totally unexpected. Nobody saw it coming. Um, I I think he'll make it too. I think he'll get enough votes. I think he's gotten enough attention for himself. I agree. Um, yeah. And it'd be cool to see him come out there and just make his first, make his first all-star appearance, beating out guys like Damian Leonard and CJ McCollum. Oh man. I I hope Damian can make it, man. He's been snubbed too many times. I agree. I should, I'm going to put in some votes for Damian Lillard. I feel bad for him. Yeah. I just have not watched enough Damian Leonard this season to even have a remote idea of like how how well or how bad he's been playing i mean i'm sure he's playing good mm-hmm. but it's i mean i don't know have you watched a lot of, a ton of damian leonard uh well I, I could have if the if he was playing tonight in the game against the sixers but he's injured right now right that's yeah, right so missed opportunity but for christmas i got mva league pass so now <laughs> i can watch any game i want to so I'll be able to watch him in the future once he gets healthy. Okay. Yeah, I mean they're they're on a good roll right now. They're still fi- they're still there in a playoff in a solid playoff position in the Western Conference and Victor Odalipo as well placing his Pacers in the solid playoff position. Yeah, totally. And I think we're going to see Joel Embiid get his shot at the All-Star game too. Uh, oh, as long as he right. can make it there healthy, um he'll be a really fun one to watch. That's true. Yeah. There hasn't been much noise about Joel Embiid recently except he's just been putting in solid numbers that's mm-hmm. all he does i mean oh what's he averaging probably like 25 points 12 rebounds i would guess mm-hmm. something crazy maybe a yeah. little less but like every time i see a stat line it's bonkers and he puts up a lot mm-hmm. of fantasy points this this is going to be an all-star game that really shows a a changing of the tide i think you got you're gonna have a flood of younger guys get coming in there like Victor Odalipo, Joel Embiid, Christoph Porzingis. Yeah, Christoph's. Um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm the excited to see. Guard. Yeah, I'm excited to see who makes it. Hopefully, Kuzma can actually 
earn his keep and make it in a few years. I mean, I think so. He's been on a roll, averaging over 30 points a game or just about 30 points a yeah. game when you're taking the last four or five into consideration. Uh, he had a bad game last night, but... Yeah, yeah, he I didn't uh, I didn't get to put games. him in the worst performances of the week for that one. Uh, <laughs> he definitely earned it. I was like, what, yeah. four for 24 shooting? Yeah, four for 24. <laughs> so yeah. bad. There's talks that he got hit in the quad pretty badly. So Ooh, crossing the injury? fingers that hopefully... Yeah, hopefully he doesn't miss many games as a result of that, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but outside of that, um, Nike City jerseys, you like them? You, are you in favor of these guys, or, or is it just another terrible marketing scheme from Nike to try <laughs> to get, collect some extra bucks no, from NBA fans? No, as a whole, I think these jerseys are really cool. Okay. Yeah, have you gotten a chance to check them out yet? I did, I did. Um to me, I have, I have a, as a whole, I have a mixed reaction. I mean, some of them are really, really nice, really cool. They stand mm-hmm. out, and some other ones kind of look like, sort of like a youth, <laughs> uh, lower tier, cheap version of a basketball which, jersey. Which ones in particular are talking about? Because I, I, I know a few that I, I absolutely despise too. I'm looking, I'm looking at the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, yeah, that's there is the one. no character <laughs> on that jersey. I mean, how oh, can man. you go from the Philadelphia that just looks professional, clean, the oh, wool, love it. the mm-hmm. the Minnesota Timberwolves Wolves jersey? You got the. The side panels there. You got OKC with the streaks, and then you yeah. got the Spurs, which uh, just digi camo. <laughs> yeah. What What about the storied Spurs leg- legacy? This amazing franchise, and you're just like, let's just slap some digi camo on the entire jersey. <laughs> yeah, there is not a streak. It's just There's two nothing. Col- two colors. So I have a friend that's a Spurs fan, and he's absolutely appalled by this jersey. <laughs> He suggested they should have brought back the Fiesta colors, you know, like the turquoise, the orange, the pink. They didn't incorporate that at all. Like, they needed to bring that back. That would have been an amazing jersey. But they go with this absolute dud. Yeah, this honestly looks sort of like the lower tier Walmart version, (laughs) practice jersey version (laughs) of the Senate. So it feels bad but it's sort of like yeah like if you wanted a san antonio spurs jersey but you can't afford the 50 dollar price tag well there's this 15 dollar version that we that walmart exactly. carries exactly. and that's what this looks like yeah you're so right they, man I, i'm gonna I, if i was a spurs player i would be disgusted to wear this jersey yeah i agree it's it's i think it's downright disrespectful it to is. the san antonio spurs fans and the organization as a whole i mean God, let's look at some of the. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets jersey. That's a nice jersey. That's a nice, the Atlanta clean Hawks jersey. Atlanta's nice. Yeah, the, Buzz, are... dude, the Charlotte Hornets jersey is amazing. Oh yeah, Buzz, Buzz City, City with the fa- the blue fade down the sides. Mm-hmm. That's I agree. nice. The and Spurs. It just, oh. <laughs> it just <laughs> feels cut. disrespectful. It's to me. so disrespectful to one of the most one of the most successful franchises in the league. You give them. This abomination. Yeah, if you if you're thinking about the NBA, um, let's say let's say starting from the 1990s, you're thinking Chicago Bulls, <laughs> yep. Lakers, mm-hmm. Celtics, yep. uh, Miami, Miami Heat, Heat, Cavaliers, sure. Warriors, and the San Antonio and the Spurs. Spurs. Definitely. Yeah. No, you're completely right. These are the seven NBA franchises that have been big names, have dominated the league, 
dominated the headline since the 1990s. And like and the this, Santa, this and, you, and this is what you give them, at least for the right. Spurs' sake. Yeah, like couldn't you have given it to like yeah, like the Magic? And their like, jersey's the, horrible. There's, yeah, there's yeah the the space thing. I don't I don't really <laughs> get that. That's like <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but. It's like it's like they gave this to the intern, you know, like the Nike interns. Right. Like, why don't you try out this jersey? And man, that guy's not getting a job. Disrespectful. I mean, even the the Kings jersey. I I actually I really like the Kings Duh, jersey. Oh, the Kings it's jersey's nice. Clean. I like their whole new logo thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got the new the new arena, um, the new look. I really like it. But the Lakers one is my favorite jersey. Oh, nice. It's got I the, like it. the snake skin print and it's mm-hmm. black for Kobe. It's the whole Kobe symbolism is beautiful. Yeah. I was actually going to say I like the I li- I do like the Lakers, but I got to say I'm a huge fan of the Warriors. That emblem is a nice emblem. Yeah, no bias cuz you live up there now? No, no bias cuz <laughs> I I wouldn't really call myself a Warriors fan. I mean, sure. I'm a fan of the, their style of play i love watching them but i wouldn't call myself a warriors fan i'm still a laker fan no matter what but yeah. i gotta give them props this is a nice looking it's, it's, jersey yeah the that, emblem, i didn't know like well is done. that emblem is that their normal emblem i haven't seen that type of print before oh uh, so yeah so basically it's kind of just inspired sort of with the chinese culture here in the bay area it's kind of like oh, symbolizing yeah. kind of more of like the chinese new year that. dragon yeah that's pretty um, cool man i really like that Mm-hmm. And they got the bay, the bay bridge right there. Yeah, as to the right. Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. That's really well made. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Lakers, Warriors, and um, Philadelphia, like we mentioned, is awesome. It's got like the whole yeah. Declaration of Independence uh, scribe type of writing. And then yeah. uh, low key, the Memphis Grizzlies jersey is very nice too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's simple, very kind of basic. You want to say, but it's good though. It's very. Yeah. And the the symbolism there is um, for the 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 uh the factory workers protest i think it was back in oh. the day um for i think it was for racial inequality um to mimic the protest signs and it also kind of uh helps symbolize the 50th anniversary of the mlk assassination wow i didn't know that backstory that's awesome yeah so yeah there, that... I, I didn't get that quite right probably but it's something like that and i like that symbolism a lot yeah, so that's awesome that Nike did some did some heavy research into some of these cities and um apparently not San Antonio though. Except San Antonio. <laughs> what is I mean, dude, the Alamo. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much you can do in San Antonio. They have a great history. I don't yeah, know what I mean, their history is with Digicamo. Maybe, they, yeah, <laughs> maybe there's something I don't get it. there. I don't know. Maybe uh, like the loot some play a little bit off like Tim the Tim Duncan, David Robinson legacy that they left behind the is twin that, towers what? the true twin towers at the, the at the start of the i, I just at don't the end of see how camo has anything to do with them though yeah i don't either but I, you know which one i do have questions about is the cavaliers one it's the a land. good it's a cool yeah it's a cool jersey and i love the land but i'm not mm-hmm. i don't really understand the colors that they chose to go yeah with yeah they're i've never seen the Cavs wear these colors before I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they're just trying to go for like a totally different look for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is, it is a little weird. I'll give you that one. Yeah, but outside of that, let's see. Motor, fan Motor of the, City, the, uh, Detroit's. The Motor City oh, yeah. jersey is really nice. It, it has that cool industrial look to it. 
Mm-hmm. That, that industrial feel, I like that a lot. Yeah. How about the Denver Nuggets? You got the, Ooh, yeah. the two axes in the mountains. Yeah, right and then the middle. Um, you can't tell by just looking at the jersey, but the shorts are actually, uh, they have a mountain print on them nice. to resemble them being mile high. It's that it's pretty cool. Yeah. So all in all, you are you? A, it sounds to me like you're a fan of. I uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Jerseys. Just like just reading about like how they were created and like mm-hmm. how they represent the cities that they're from, and some of the designs are really nice. Like I'm a huge fan of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I like them. I I love the research that was done behind them. Just I think they completely missed the bow on the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, I they think missed... I would be okay with some of the other duds if the Spurs wasn't so atrocious. Yeah, I agree. The Spurs, the magic <laughs> is just hard. I mean, we're not going to really talk too, too much just because the disrespect on the Spurs yeah. is just on a whole nother level. But the magic is, Jersey's bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, outside of that, I, I, I like all yeah. of them. Yeah, my, the, two favorite, my two favorite being the Lakers and Warriors. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, it's too yeah. bad. They're only going to wear them for like a select amount of games this season. Uh, for some mm. of them, I would think that they could become staple jerseys in the rotation, like the Philadelphia yeah. and the Memphis ones. I would enjoy seeing those on a regular basis. I agree. Yeah, the Laker one as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the Lakers not too far off from their normal jerseys outside of just the col- the colorways and obviously the snake print. Right. Man, Black Mamba. So cool. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, back to the NBA um, so something occurred on Christmas Day that was kind of a big deal to LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the, it's so much that the NBA released a statement on the officials who missed the three fouls on Durant um, that he committed against LeBron James in the closing minutes there. Uh, I mean, I thought they were to me, they seemed like obvious fouls, whether or not they should have been called. I guess that's up to debate, seeing as the NBA has kind of set a reputation for itself that the refs don't want to decide the games in the closing minutes and but in a way they certainly did by not calling those fouls in the closing right. minutes of those games i don't know what do you what are your thoughts on this sean yeah well i mean th- yeah in this just one instance it kind of opens up the conversation to the topic as a whole in that like mm-hmm. how how do you handle like letting these guys play versus making the call that's a foul you know because yeah. you'll see you'll see these ticky tack fouls throughout the entire game. That's just how the game is. You just there's contact, and yep. it's like you're gonna call it or you're not. And yeah. when it affects and the game like this, but you don't call it, like that looks just as bad as if you called a foul that is like a common type of contact during a game. Like just right. because it's in the final seconds of a game it makes it just seem that much more impactful. But that that type of stuff gets called throughout the game. Like, you see all the calls James Harden gets in the middle Mm -hmm. of a game, like, on a bunch of bull. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I think that's what frustrates LeBron James and it frustrates Cavalier fans. I mean, not just Cavalier fans, but really NBA fans. I mean, I was a little frustrated watching some of these because I think when it happens consecutively like this, I think, man, you you got to give LeBron James the call. And also seeing right. as LeBron James is a guy that attacks the basket on a regular. And sure, I mean, Kevin Durant came out and said, hey, LeBron James is too big to get fouls like that called on him. But <laughs> that's, that's such bull. He, tra- that, he, he trains to be that big so he can absorb the contact that he knows he's going to get. 
Right, because the reality is LeBron James' style of play warrants fouls. I mean, every right. time he comes down the basket, you technically you can probably nitpick that there was a foul committed on him. Are you going to mm-hmm. call every single one? Probably not. But when it's pretty apparent as, as like these were, and especially when they were done on consecutive offensive plays, I mean, you got to call at least one of those three. Because essentially by not right. calling any of them, the Cavaliers lost that game. Do you think that the refs are afraid of NBA superstars? Um, I don't think so. I mean, if you if they're afraid, what they would they be afraid? Sort of the reaction, the intimidation, like of their reputation. Like they like they they are afraid of being the bad guy, and like maybe getting blasted on social media or. Mm-hmm. Just getting barked at during a game or getting a reputation um, like around the league for being a bad ref because the I, superstars run the league. I see. When you put it that way, I think I think for there has to be I mean the NBA refs at the end of the day are human. They are susceptible to their own bias. Right. They gotta to a certain degree be susceptible to the to the environment, the crowd reactions. So I yeah. do think that I'm not necessarily saying they're afraid to be wrong. But they are afraid of being sort of like the scapegoat and and sort of like years from now, people turn back and point as this is the NBA ref that always got it wrong or <laughs> yeah. always decided the game in, in, or in the wrong way. So I do think there is I'm not sure if that's entirely their, all of their fears. But I think part of it has to be. I mean, they're only human. That's got to exist in the back of their right. minds. Yeah. And I mean, just yeah, just think about a ref. Like, sure, they have some experience, but you're on Christmas Day at Warriors and you call a foul on Kevin Durant with 13, 15 seconds left in the game with the crowd mm-hmm. just roaring. Like, yeah. that's got to feel terrible, you yeah. know? Like, if you make I, that call, like, you're going to get yelled at from Kevin Durant. You're, the, the whole crowd's going to boo you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coach is going to come probably barking in your ear, too. Like, ugh, it's got to be one of the worst jobs in the world. Right. But see, that's where I kind of I, I sympathize with refs because it's like, OK, LeBron James is coming down the lane. You got 40 seconds left on the clock. You don't call it fine. But then he does it again. And then and again, you don't call it. And then again and then and you miss it. Yeah. Yet again. Right. Yeah. Three I mean, fouls. Yeah. You got to give him one of the three at least. Yeah, and I mean, you, yeah, you I feel like you try to see a refs like make up for it by like calling something on the other side, but it seems mm-hmm. like I mean they they missed one on LeBron, but three on Durant. Uh, that's not an even game. Yeah, exactly. And when you're an NBA ref, you see the game from the front lines, and you know, you know, LeBron James. Every time he comes down the court, he's he gets fouled. Yep. I mean, at least to a certain degree, whether it's. I mean, some of them are ticky tacks, obviously, but technically in the NBA rulebook, you can nitpick that some of those were fouls, and it's just True. a. It's just a result of him being such a big dude, <laughs> such a athletic yeah, phenom. It's like even if he take if he gets hit, he's just gonna keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be like, wait, was he fouled? Uh, it's kind of too late now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's just so good that despite these fouls, he'll still finish at the basket. Yeah. Um, and the the thing that kind of sucks about all this though is I'm not sure what the solution to this would be. Would it be more replays? Well, that's certainly mm, something I, as a fan, no, I don't let no, nope, no, no. And I agree with you. I do not love the replay situation in the NBA right now. And I am not for one for making it even worse. Right. And worse than that. We look uh, more, maybe more, more refs. Maybe. What if you just put an extra ref on the court? Would that help? 
have more perspective, more angles. Yeah. The yeah, so mm, the problem with that is that you're you I guess you would still have sort of you would still add time to the game as rest would have to huddle up and discuss a foul. I'm uh, not sure maybe. Or do you think that would solve sort of like that instant moment of calling that foul? I think I think it would reduce replays. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe they would huddle a little bit more, but it would be offset by reducing the replays. Yeah. Whatever makes it. I mean, whatever the solution basically has to be less replays, but more yes. precise foul calling. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe not precise, but just a little just a little bit more accurate, just no, yeah, a little bit yeah. more consistent. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I feel prob- like an extra ref would do that. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else you could do. It's not like you can be like, refs need to be better. It's like they're yeah. trying their best. <laughs> like, they just are. put more out there and maybe it'll help. Yeah. It's 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 sort of a complex problem and it's not going to go away. I think we'll see things like this revisited later on in the NBA and especially in the playoffs. I mean, every playoffs, there's multiple games where players are frustrated uh, coaches are frustrated and the NBA is forced is releases statements on, you know, fouls that were mm-hmm. called or weren't called um, in the closing seconds of or closing minute of a game. So right. we'll see what the NBA does moving mm-hmm. forward from this. Yep. But anyways, with the Cavaliers losing uh, or with, yeah, the Cavaliers losing and the Warriors or, yeah, the Cavaliers losing gave opportunity mm-hmm. for the Toronto Raptors to briefly take that number one seed in the East. So what I meant to for, say was with the Cavaliers losing and the Wizards winning over the yes. Celtics allowed the right. Raptors to briefly take that number one seed. I don't know why <laughs> I had the Warriors on my mind yeah. so much. <laughs> we, we got there. We talked about them a lot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> so they, they were first in the East for what, a day? I think yeah. they got that for one day. And then they proceed to lose to the Mavericks, the worst team in the West, the oh, following man. day. And now yeah. they slid back down into second place in the East. Yeah, I was pretty excited to sort of talk for a while about the Toronto Raptors, but I don't know. There's there's they, nothing they, exciting to talk about, right? And they they've just have this core of players that have been sort of playing really consistent without making much noise, and then they get to the moment where <laughs> it's finally time to put notice, and then they lose. To the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, that was now a you, bad loss too. Like, yeah, now you sort of have question marks about whether or not they're are they just bluffing right now and they're gonna fall back to the four seed and just sort of stay there to close the season. Mm. Or, so or I, I think them rise again. I think they're gonna end as third seed, just as we mm-hmm. expected them to. Like the Cavs will overtake them, the Celtics will stay yeah. ahead of them, and mm-hmm. you know they'll still have a good record. They'll probably win 50, 45 to fifty games. 50 games. I'll give him 50 games. Okay. And that's pretty good. That's very good, actually. Mm-hmm. They might even win, like, 52 games. I'll give them. Yeah. But since I think the Celtics will win 55, and I think the Cavs are going to go on a big win streak once Isaiah Thomas comes back, I think mm-hmm. the Cavs still end first, Celtics second, Raptors third. Yeah. And the Raptors are always just going to be that third team until some big mix-up happens. You know, I th- actually thought that big mix-up was going to happen this year with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Washington Wizards. But mm-hmm. the Wizards are just nowhere to be found. They get that win over the Celtics, and then they they have, they have come back with a terrible game. They lose John Wall with only 11 points. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, they just a had bad not... one. They lost. They like got blown out by the Nets, right? That was that right. game you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And watching that uh, Wizards Celtics game, I was like, okay, this is it. The Wizards are turning the corner now. Mm-hmm. Um, they started off bad, but they're getting themselves back to that elite level in the Eastern Conference. But then they lose. Um, John Wall just plays horrible. <laughs> and I don't yeah. want to just judge them based off that game, but just looking since the start of the season, Bradley Beal's been playing good, but everybody else has just sort of been inconsistent. They don't show up. Um, yeah. And I think, and because of that, I think you're right. The Raptors will be the third seed. The Milwaukee Bucks, um, we'll talk more about them later on, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they don't seem to be mi- wanting to mix things up at the moment. Yeah. You giving up on them making number one seed in the East yet? I don't want to give up on them. <laughs> I think something crazy might still happen, oh, but it wow. looks more and more like like the statistics are are not looking in their favor. They're extremely against ob- you. <laughs> in, yeah, in terms of ob- in terms of finishing number one or number two in the Eastern Conference. Man, if you took those odds to Vegas, it'd probably be like two hundred to one at this point. <laughs> oh. I don't really want to think about it. Let's just get to the injury report. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually very excited for this injury report because breaking news, Blake Griffin could come back as early as Friday against That's the Lakers ridiculous. from his sprained MCL, who everyone thought he was going to be out until like mid-February. And yep. now he might come back before January. Man. And if he doesn't come back Friday, recovery. it's looking good. Yeah, it's looking good. He'll come back on Monday of next week but so either oh way gosh. the timetable is pointing towards an early january return right it's very exciting i that was like such amazing news i couldn't have asked for more like <laughs> blake yeah this season blake was looking like a loss yeah I, that's what i was gonna um talk about here is like blake griffin is literally coming at a at a turning point for this for this team for this franchise yeah. right now because the Clippers are pretty much weighing whether or not to trade DeAndre Jordan and what accept themselves as a tanking team. Yeah, and start that was building towards the future. That was what they're looking at. Yeah, and with this return of Blake Griffin, he might be able to save their their season and in a way maybe change plans for the franchise moving forward. Maybe do they are they still a playoff team? I th- I think they are. I totally think they are. They've actually won six of their last ten games which is pretty good, way better than I thought they'd do. Milos, yeah. Milos Magic Teodosic is looking looking real sharp. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Jordan's still averaging 15 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou Williams still playing great basketball. Like, this is still a good team. I think this is an eighth-seed playoff team, definitely. Yeah. I, see the, I see them getting back to 500 rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 14 and 19 right now, so not too bad, honestly. Yeah, and, uh, and lucky yeah, for Lakers them, the back. Lakers. Yeah, I was gonna say, look, lucky for them, the Lakers, the Utah Jazz, and the Pelicans. I mean, the Lakers are pretty close to just being Lakers aren't. As a team yeah, they, they're pretty. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty close to just going fishing, man, and just like mm-hmm. even unless Kuzma obviously is gonna fight for Rookie of the Year, but outside sure. of that, it looks like they're they're pretty close to just calling it. Yeah, going. But then, or yeah, Russ- the Jazz. They seem to have fallen off a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Rudy Gobert being out still is it hurts. Um, yeah. But they yeah, they they're not going anywhere anytime soon. The Pelicans are playing pretty good. They're still a little bit over five hundred, but I can see the Clippers catching up to them uh, with Blake yeah. Griffin back. Like that's a very good team. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're not going to get Pat Beverly back, which is huge. 
Uh, Danilo Gallinari is not going to be back for a long time, but I mean, we all expected that. Um, yeah. yeah, this is a huge piece. Um, I'm I'm super excited for the Clippers again. Uh, this this bring, this injects new life into the fan into the fans, and I'm really yeah. excited to see him play again. Yeah, I'm um uh, I'm looking forward to revisiting, seeing what their status is two weeks from now. See if they've yeah. gathered themselves up a couple wins and hopefully, put themselves back. Hopefully they're in, in our uh, in our hot team section. Yeah, <laughs> and then maybe hopefully they're not in our gone fishing section. No, <laughs> once we reach the midway point. <laughs> oh man, that would just be so crushing. Blake Griffin's yeah. back, and we still suck. <laughs> but uh, the Orlando Magic, man, besides getting Ugh. a terrible jersey, they lost <laughs> Lucevic. Their dude Six who came out looking weeks. like, yeah. This guy came out looking like he wanted to be the best center in the NBA, and that was short-lived as he hit a bad yeah. spur, and now he's out with a broken finger. Yeah, the magic that, couldn't that take hurts anymore. a lot. I know. I mean, that that's a large piece for them because uh, mm-hmm. he, he's a big scorer for them. Uh, he has huge scoring nights sometimes. Uh, he's their presence uh, as a big man, and, and Aaron Gordon's going to have to step up now. Like, this yeah. is his time, if any. Like this is your last chance to prove that you're worth something in this league, more than a yeah, role player. Exactly, and I mean they're pretty close to being the worst team in the NBA right now, with the Atlanta Hawks yeah. being the only one standing in their yeah. way at this point. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, I think the Hawks have that on lockdown, <laughs> personally. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the Magic are the second worst, so still terrible. Yeah, we'll see where they go from here. But also on that other note, on the other side is Jeff Teague, a solid role player for the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have secured themselves a good spot in the Western Conference, standing fourth with a 22-14 and record. But he's out two to four weeks with an MCL Mm -hmm. sprain. Tough loss here for the Timberwolves. Yeah, actually, I saw this play happen. Um, It pretty much is the exact same thing that happened to Blake Griffin a uh, guy just fell on his leg. It rolled inward uh, mm-hmm. on his shin, and yeah, that was it. Like, this is it's a tough one, but if Blake Griffin came back from his way earlier than expected, um, I I, th- mm-hmm. I see Teague coming back from this in about a month too, um, just yeah. based off the look of it. So, it's a huge loss. Um, they'll have Tyus Jones playing a lot of point guard for them. Um, Tyus young Jones. guy, yeah. So. Uh, it's a big well, loss for them, though. Yeah, that's he was a solid contributor. Yeah, maybe this will also warrant. So Tyus Jones is taking over, but maybe we'll see a comeback from Aaron Brooks, who's on that roster. He's on that bit. roster. Yep, he is on <laughs> that Timberwolves roster. A oh, name probably man. everybody forgot yeah, by now. That yeah, that's one I forgot. <laughs> I didn't even know but, he was on the team. Yeah, I, I really didn't know he was still in the NBA until just a month ago. I noticed his name <laughs> on that roster. Wow, but. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not starting, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on to the best performances of the week. Um, we got James Harden, of course, 51 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, and a loss to the Clippers. Yeah, he did. And then, <laughs> and then losing yet, and then again, 50 points against the other L.A. team. Unfortunately for his Houston Rockets, both re-lost, resulted in losses. Man. Poor is, Mr. Is James the, Harden. Is that the first time someone scored 50 points in two games in a row and lost both games? Um, I don't think so. I feel like Kobe, Kobe, Kobe probably did that. that. And or Durant back in the Did Durant ever score OKC. 50 two times in a row? 
I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe he I don't did. think so. I don't know if he did. Kobe definitely has. Oh yeah, he went through that through that huge streak <laughs> in 2006. Yeah. But I mean, the Lakers still lost games despite him scoring <laughs> over 50 points. Right. So yeah, at least he won when he scored 81 points. That's true. But then we also got Ennis Cantor, man. This is a guy that was sort of considered just a toss-in for that Carmelo Anthony trade or sort of right. just like, well, at least we got Cantor something. But, yeah. I mean, this guy's been playing good with for the New York Knicks despite only averaging like 22 minutes a game. But he goes for a career-high 31 points and 22 rebounds against the 76ers yeah. on Christmas Day. Man, he, he came to play on Christmas, and oh, yeah. he's, he's played this way all season, though. Like, this is a season, the career season for Ennis Cantor. Man, yep. he, he plays with so much energy. His He gets so many offensive rebounds, and he, yeah. he shoots high-percentage shots, and he can shoot it from all over the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fitting in really well alongside Porzingis. Yeah, um, and, yeah. I mean, he wants to get paid. He's in a contract year right now. True. And... He's also he's got a warrant for his arrest from the <laughs> from the Turkish, Turkish president. government. Yeah, right, the Turkish president <laughs> for so, blasting him on Twitter. Yeah, he wants to get that money so he doesn't ever have to go back there. Man, I bet that's so scary, man. I know. Ennis Kanter uh, hey, has had quite the life. Yeah, if that's what he needed to jumpstart his NBA career, hey, I guess it's <laughs> working for him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if he keeps putting up numbers like this, though, he's going to get a really juicy contract next year from somebody. Maybe the Knicks yeah. will re-sign him. I don't know. Like, they, they probably really love having him there. Yeah, I mean, with stat lines like this, unfortunately, he's obviously playing behind Christos Porzingis, but there's no reason why he can't start somewhere out there in the NBA despite his defensive flaws. But it's this, that these are solid, solid yeah, stat lines like, he's been throwing up. Yeah, you don't get stats for like that from any player. Um, yeah. So if you can get a guy like this that has the potential to do this kind of game, mm-hmm. uh, you got to get him on your team. Yeah. But then going over to Mortar City, Tobias Harris, man, he had this coming. He need, he um <laughs> he has been one of the he actually not even this season. Just I I have followed this guy for quite some time now, and he is just an inconsistent nightmare. <laughs> he shows such flashes of so stardom. many flashes. But then at times he he'll just go 0 for 10 sometimes, but not not this day. He went 30 points, six rebounds, 10 for 11, and seven for eight from three point land. Whew. What a performance from this guy! Yeah, that's awesome to see. I mean, yeah, like you said, so much potential here. Um, this is what you want to see from him on a more regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, great shooting night. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully he has a little bit more nights like this because that Detroit Pistons team is leaning on him and Andre Drummond, more really on Tobias Harris for scoring purposes um, to get that franchise going again. I mean, they started off really well, and sort of once Tobias had some of those inconsistent shooting games, the Detroit Pistons started losing. Right. Um, but they're still in playoff position, but they, they're they really leaning on this young guy a lot. Yeah, they're maintaining a winning record, but yeah, if they want to get back up into a a top four spot potentially and try to get home court advantage for first round of playoffs. They're going to need more mm-hmm. performances like this from Tobias. Yeah. But speaking of youth, how about Vince Carter, the old man, man. 40 years old, goes <laughs> off for 24 points outscoring LeBron James in that game. First time since 2007. Wow. Yeah. Wow, 10, 10 for 12 shooting five, four or five from three. 
he came to play and he wanted to win so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it's just this is what Hall of Fame players do. And going back to the Hall of Fame conversation, Vince Carter is gonna be in there one year, one year, once yeah. he retires. And it's no amazing. Doubt. It's amazing that he was able to do this at his age. He didn't look forty out there. He looked thirty. Yeah, he was just nailing it from every side, keeping up with the Cavaliers' defense, um, guarding the Cavaliers, just chasing them around. Right. Not bad for a dude that averages three points for this season. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, incredible performance. And a lot of his baskets came late in the fourth, too, when they're mm-hmm. trying to close him out, and he made mm-hmm. sure that the Cavs got put to rest. Yeah, it kind of sucks for... Well, I mean, I'm sure he had his reasons for signing with the Kings, but there are some contenders out there that need a guy like this on their team. Yeah, I mean, you got at... Zach Randolph on that team, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyson Chandler on the Phoenix Suns. Um, yeah. I need to... Just briefly talk about that crazy alley-oop inbounds play. Did you see that from Tyson oh, Chandler? Oh, yeah. Yes, I did see that with 0.6 seconds left in the clock. What? Yeah. I'm, I mean, on the other side, though, how could you let that happen? Ah, well, they on. weren't this expecting is, you... that. There's no way you expect that to happen. Like with I mean, 0.6, you, could... you expect someone to just chuck up a quick shot. I mean, it's. I just think it's very possible that that's sort of like the play you probably don't want to happen. If somebody just <laughs> getting that close, yeah, to you the don't basket. see it coming though. You know, like Ugh. I like. When's the last time you saw an alley oop from inbounds happen? True, but you do know that that's like probably the higher probability shot that you want to get off in a situation like that. Yeah, especially because you're just trying to tap it in at that point. But right. hey, Tyson Chandler, man, got himself a buzzer beater. Yeah, I think you're gonna see more teams try to do that too. Mm. Yeah, is that that little known rule that you can throw it inside the hoop, and it's not goaltending if you just tap it in? Oh wow, like I did not know that. Oh yeah, so that's the big story with this this dunk and that that game winner was that there's a little known rule that you're allowed to throw it into the rim. And as long as it's not goaltending because it doesn't count as an actual shot that could count. But if you just tap it in from anywhere in there, then it counts as a shot. Okay, I did not. I thought he sort of caught the ball atop of the rim and then he sort of just finished it sort of like a normal alley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he threw it like and it basically was in the circle. But Tyson oh, so Chandler was... just tapped it and it went down and that was it. It was like a like a like a volleyball spike of sorts. Wow, so he was essentially almost like trying to shoot the shot as if he was trying to make it from out of right. bounds. Yeah, he was trying to make the shot. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's a pretty cool thing. So I think a lot of teams are going to try to take advantage of that of that uh loophole in the rule book. You know what's funny is this might be a career defining play for uh, Tyson Chandler years from now. <laughs> right, yeah. They're not going to talk his about old age. Yeah, they're not going to talk about the defensive player um of the year candidate of Tyson Chandler or the NBA champion that was Tyson Chandler. They're going to talk about Tyson Chandler late in his career for the Phoenix Suns made a <laughs> .6 buzzer-beating alley. <laughs> yeah. Dunk. Changed the whole way teams do their out-of-bounds plays. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. And mm-hmm. then uh, I'm going to give a special shout-out in this best performances to Maxi Kleber again. <laughs> he doesn't deserve a best performance, but he had a pretty darn good one. Uh, especially for a guy who you never expect to do good. Uh, yeah. 15 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 5 blocks. It's a good game. Yeah, it's funny. Like There's so much talent in the NBA. Sometimes we forget that 
each one of these guys is capable for one solid performance at least in their <laughs> career. <laughs> this time, now it's two for him. You got two. Yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, moving on to the other side, let's go. Let's look yes. at the worst performances yes, of the week. This is a good one. All we right, let's. The entire Warriors team versus <laughs> the Nuggets on Saturday. 81 points in a stinker and a loss <laughs> to the Nuggets. Ooh. Man. The what altitude. A game. It must have been the altitude. Three for twenty-seven from three point for these guys. Wow. Yeah, Clay Thompson shot six of twenty-one. Durant six of seventeen. Yeah, I mean, that was ugly. Yeah, when you lose Steph Curry, um, Draymond Green sort of still trying to get back in back into the rhythm, coming back from his injury. I mean, you really don't have a lot of offensive weapons there. Especially when your entire pl- your entire identity revolves around the three point line, well, you think so Swaggy P would step up, right? You think Swaggy <laughs> P? Because I'm looking, Sean Livingston's not a great three point shooter. Andre Iguodala, he's okay. Jordan Bell, Jordan Bell's well, just strictly yeah, afraid not... to shoot the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to on this team usually. Yeah, but yeah, but man. I mean, at, you at think this they point, were... he's getting a lot of open shots, but he's just passing them up. Oh well, yeah, he can't shoot. He can only dunk. Yeah. But do you, do you think true. that they were thinking about the game against the Cavs on Christmas? Because uh, this was the game right before that. Maybe they yeah. were just looking ahead a little bit, didn't really uh, focus on the Nuggets too much, were willing to take that loss. I think so. I mean, I think the Nuggets were fired up. The Warriors team fl- flew from Ca- from Cleveland over to Denver. That's a pretty far flight. Um, you're in altitude. I think the Nug- the Warriors, honestly, were probably just ready to – to go back home and celebrate and finish celebrating Christmas with their families. And, <laughs> and they were missing Steph Curry, obviously in this game, um, live and die by the three sometimes, man. Yeah. You know, that's fair. Yeah. I, I don't um, really think there's anything else to take from there other than no, they just had a horrible game. I just, game. we had to point it out cause that was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, we got, we got Kristaps Porzingis with a, an abysmal performance as well. <laughs> uh, zero for 11. Field goals, one point, five rebounds, one assist in a game that they won against the Celtics last Thursday. Yeah. Unbelievable! Your your I mean, best think, player plays like he wasn't even there, and they still win. Yeah, I think the story of this game sort of speaks to the Boston Celtics' defensive mentality. They just shut Porzingis down. Right. Um. Unfortunately for them, probably their entire focus was on Porzingis, and <laughs> everybody else stepped up. I mean, Ron Baker, you Ron forgot about Baker. Ron Baker, Lance <laughs> Stevenson, you forgot about him, you forgot about Ennis Cantor. I mean, New York Knicks, they're not a, an elite team, but they're they're sneaky good. Yeah, no, they are. I mean, they're in a playoff spot uh, with yeah. a winning record, and Kristaps is usually a big part of their offensive scheme, but uh, not, yeah, I guess even, he's young, <laughs> so he's going to have these type of games. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But for my fantasy but, team, that was like a solid negative seven. Oh, yeah. For fantasy <laughs> players going 0 for 11, that's horrible. That was, yeah, that hurt a lot. I'm actually kind of surprised it wasn't worse. I mean, when you're looking at Porzingis being their, their biggest scoring output on that team, you would think he would have kept shooting. Yeah, I think he finally learned. <laughs> like, this isn't my night. Most, some guys will keep shooting it, like Kyle Kuzma. Right, jack it up twenty four times, and he'll make a few. But I think Porzingis is like, yeah, my teammates are gonna carry this one, and I'll just take an off night. Yeah, good. I mean, 
So moving on from there, I love that you had Bradley Beal on here because yeah. that was a disappointing performance from the Wizards. I was like, I I'm sort of becoming I was sort of becoming a fan of them towards the beginning yeah, of the year, sure. but now ah, they're, they're just letting you down. Me. Yeah, you, they're letting you me down a lot more for them. You expect a lot from Bradley Beal on a on a, a nightly basis, and he puts up a two for fifteen shooting uh, for four points, two rebounds, and five assists, and a and a blowout loss to the Nets of all teams. Yeah, uh, Bradley that... Beal shut down by Spencer Dwindle. Yeah, whatever oh. his name is. Yeah, Spencer Dwindle. I don't. I don't even know <laughs> who's on that roster anymore. Uh, yeah, there's no Jeremy Lin, no D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, Jahil uh, Okafor. They have Timothy Mozgov. Oh Ma- yeah, yeah Mozgov's there. Yeah, <laughs> get, getting wrecked by Mozgov's got to feel terrible. Yeah, I I have no idea what happened there. Maybe the same thing as the Warriors. You know, you're traveling again. Yeah, um, it's not even um, that far from Washington though. That's true. Yeah. Actually, I don't yeah, even from... remember who was the home team for this one. Maybe they <laughs> were home. <laughs> that would be really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they so they went from so they went from Boston to either Washington D.C. or New Jersey, which isn't that crazy of a flight. It's definitely not Cleveland to Denver. I mean, Cleveland to Denver, you're jumping a time zone. Um, yeah, yeah I just kind of th- Bradley Beal just he just wasn't feeling it that day. Yeah, that's it. I think it must be tough to go from Christmas Day. You have these hyped up games and. Um, you're all built up for it. You have a good one, and then all of a sudden you go back and you want to celebrate Christmas with your family, but then you got to get back on the road again for your for that upcoming game. I guess it must be tough. It's probably got to suck some some energy, some morality from some of these guys. Yeah, maybe. But th- for this case, though, this was be- the game before Christmas. This was last oh, Friday. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So. I think yeah, maybe you're just like looking towards the Christmas Day game at this point, mm-hmm. and you're like, I I got to be ready for that one. Uh, yeah. You forget that the Nets still have NBA players at least, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and any team with NBA players can give you a blowout loss if you don't prepare for them. Right. Yep. So now let's quickly just go through some of these some of the hot teams and some of the teams that find themselves trending down. So the hot teams, of course, we got to talk about it. Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they they on made a it. hot streak with five games in a row, including wins against the a win against the Houston Rockets. Here they are. Have they yeah, made it? Great Have win. they figured it out? I I think so. I I mean I've been I've been saying this for a few weeks now. Like one <laughs> of these days, the, they're just gonna find their stride. They're gonna figure out how to play together. And this seems like they finally figured it out about 35 games into the season, a little under halfway. They're finding their way. And I think that you're going to see them continue to have a hot streak here. I, I see them winning a lot of games in the upcoming month. Are you convinced that this team is a, a fourth seed or a five seed in the West? Yeah, I, I totally am. A four seed. All right. Mm-hmm. I think they'll I'm overtake the convinced. Timberwolves. You're not convinced? Oh, I'm Jeff, not convinced Jeff team's yet. out for a month. Oklahoma's finding their stride. I I think that there's there's something there. Okay, we'll we'll see. We'll revisit this. I I'm still not convinced. Well, I want to see some more some other solid wins against some of their other teams. But I mean, it's hard to bet against that that defense they still got going. Um, yeah, but great we'll defense. See. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the Miami Heat on the on the Eastern Conference side have won seven of their last ten. 
Um, Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside return. James Johnson, Josh Richardson. This guy coming out of nowhere, having some solid perform- scoring performances for the Miami Heat. Yeah, they just have a lot of solid guys on that team. And, I mean, now that they're finally getting healthy, with I mean, Dragic and Whiteside are arguably their two best players. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have all these great role players with Josh Richardson, Tyler Johnson, Dion Waiters, yeah. Wayne Ellington. Dion like Waiters. these are Dion Waiters. Yeah, he's yeah he's up and down. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean Josh Richardson. Like no one knew about this guy before the season. He's mm-hmm. just, he's just been a solid contributor, and they actually go to him down the stretch too uh, when they're trying to close out games and. Uh, they just they have a lot of really solid role players, and that's what you need on a good team. Yeah, with the return of Whiteside, let's see how they how they continue with this momentum um, in the next coming weeks. Maybe they get themselves back up into the six seed, seven seed. As right now, they're they're standing at they're sitting in the eight seed position. So we'll see how this plays out for them. But yeah. um, the Toronto Raptors were so close so to making close. this list. Ah, <laughs> uh, they started they just off had so to well, ruin but now. Yep. They just recently dropped two games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, what a shame for a team that it's was so shame. close to being a trending team. Uh, I know. Uh, if, if our podcast was on a different day, we, we might have done that. Luckily, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, true. But uh, on the other side, of course, the Houston Rockets, who oh, just lost yeah. a 26-point lead to the Boston <laughs> Celtics today to give them their fourth loss in a row. Obviously, they this is all without Chris Paul, but nonetheless... They lost the number one seed um, and could potentially maybe lose the number two seed if they keep, yeah, if they the keep Warriors, going on this trend. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors have already passed them. Uh, the Spurs have Kawhi Leonard back now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, OKC may, maybe contends for that in the future. But yeah, I meant four losses in a row for this team. Like, even without Chris Paul, they, they didn't yeah. play for, with, him, with him for like, what, 15 to 20 games while he was right. injured. And they won plenty of games without him yeah. there and he had 26 point lead against the Celtics and you have one of the best closers in the game and you can't yeah. finish them off yeah and it's kind of disappointing some of these I mean they lost to the Lakers the Clippers the Thunder um I guess it's arguably two of these games they definitely should have won <laughs> yeah you're right you they are right which there ones they should have won yeah <laughs> I mean it's a speed it's a it's a bump in the road uh, I don't think it's that big. I wouldn't make a huge deal panic, out of it, but no, yeah, no. kind of sucks though it because they're going to be yeah. looking at when, at the end of the season if they're if they wanted that number one seed, they're going to be looking at this stretch of games right here and sort of just smacking themselves in the head <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> right? Yeah, Chris Paul can't come back soon enough, and hopefully Clint Capella can come back for them too. I know if if he was there tonight, they probably would have easily won. Yeah, God, a twenty six point lead though. That's Oof. tough to. That's tough to look back. You on. never give the, up. <laughs> yeah, but the on um, on the Eastern Conference side, you got the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I don't. Is it even worth putting teams like this on this list anymore? Oh, I mean, they were kind of in playoff contention a few weeks ago, you know, like. <laughs> but yeah, now they're like twelve and twenty-two, lost eight yeah. of their last ten. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they could be a good team if Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell didn't get injured. I agree. But we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, true. They're just sort of this team, maybe that's on the rise. But Delo's D- coming back soon. Maybe he can make a final push to get some all-star votes. I he doubt was, it. He was playing well 
before he got hurt. He was, but it's. I think it's just way too late at this point. Yeah, yeah. You don't have like a month. Yeah, we're pretty. This team is pretty close to being put in the 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 category that is gone fishing. Gone fishing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we won't feature them in any more trending downs if they keep losing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just default. Of course, they're trending down. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so new segment here that you introduced, Sean. You. Want to bring up an ex-NBA player? Yeah, sure. So the the whole point of this is just to kind of laugh about players that we forgot about existed. Maybe <laughs> ones that maybe whoever thinks of it didn't know, the other person maybe no, didn't even know that person existed. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like to go with more recent history. Uh, maybe someone that we watched play when we were kids, but retired um, as we got into high school or whatever and forgot that even were an NBA player. Um, so yeah. what, what name do you want to bring out of the graveyard today? <laughs> I thought of this guy, Katino Mobley. I'm oh. sure you remember him. He was, uh, he, he was Clippers. on one of the, yep. He was on the, one of the better Clipper teams in the early two thousands. And he came up because Eric Gordon's 33 points against the Lakers on that loss were the most points for a rake, a Rockets player off the bench since Katino Mobley. At 33 back in oh. 2000, in the 2000, 2001 season. Oh, I like it. You incorporated some modern, some modern day stats into the history. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Cause yeah, you know, Mobley, he was a great scorer for that Clippers team. I agree. He was sort of, I guess, what would he be like? Kind of like what Jamal Crawford was. Yeah. Those, a little bit. Clipper team? He, he, yeah. A little bit, a little uh, less edgy i guess you could say a little mm-hmm. little more in control not as good a handling but a great shooter yeah and um yeah cap mobley man he was good <laughs> sam cassell could yeah. dish him the rock right back in those early clipper days but katina mobley there you are we gave you some life back in the nba um <laughs> living world Anyways, yeah. <laughs> the only podcast that talk about Katino Mobley in the last 10 years. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, to close it off, here we go. Here's a final thought here on the Milwaukee Bucks, a team that we all had great expectations for. You a most team of with all. an MVP. <laughs> yes, me most of all. A team that made probably the biggest in-season trade up to this point when acquiring right. Eric Bledsoe. But yet the Milwaukee Bucks right now are looking outside of the elite circle of the Eastern Conference team yeah. um, and recently lost 106 to the Chicago Bulls, 115. Um, and after the game, Twitter sort of blew up over J- the coach Jason Kidd's comments. Um, it sort of went like this. Uh, reporter asked them, when you talk about being young, how do you get out of the phase of hearing that? as something to lean on that you're a young team and you're still learning. And Jason Kidd said, we're not leaning on it. It's the truth. You guys can write that. We're a super team. We're really good. And we have the big three, but we're just a young team learning how to play the game at a high level with expectations that are a little bit too high. I don't know about this. Mr. Jason Kidd, coach Jason Kidd. I mean, young team true. You can make the argument. They are young, but I mean, you got Eric Bledsoe, you got a potential MVP candidate here, and he himself at the beginning of the season claimed that this was a 50-win team. Why not? They won 44 games last year. Yeah. I mean, if you're shoot, if you're looking yeah, how is, ahead, what, like, what are the expectations? They improve a little bit. 50 wins. Okay. Yeah. 
So you got to be able to handle those expectations as a coach. I mean, it comes with the gig. And when you're looking at that roster, that's not a roster composed of dudes with no experience. I mean, do we need to point out Jason Terry, former NBA champion? <laughs> Matthew Dellavedova, <Right>. former <laughs> NBA champion. How about himself, himself. NBA champion as a <laughs> Dallas Maverick champion? So this team has the players with the knowledge or with the champion DNA there. There's something uh. else missing with why the Milwaukee Bucks are not an elite team in the Eastern Conference. And part of that conversation of potentially being a number one and number two seed. And maybe right. it's Jason Kidd himself yep. that the problem is here. I don't know. Your reaction, Sean? Hey, it, it seems to be that way. If yeah. you're going to look at these comments, that is like the worst thing you could say as a coach. Like, I think so. He's well. not Luke Walton. You're not the yep. Lakers. They're yep. young. The Lakers are young. You have a yep. potential MVP. You have Eric Bledsoe. You have Chris Middleton. These guys are not old by any no. means, but they've been in the league for four or five years. They know yep. what they're doing. Yeah. Like, that's just, it's pretty disrespectful to your own team. Yeah. And, and, like, your players hear that and you're like, I think we're trying to win a championship this year. And you hear your coach say that. And it's like, well, what are we fighting for now? Yeah. I agree. The Milwaukee Bucks are no 7 and 8 seed. They should not be jumping up and down if they get the 6 seed. This is a right. team that should be thinking Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, completely. Like Second they have the round talent, at least. They have the ability, but clearly they don't have the coach. Yep. That's what I'm thinking too. Jason Kidd, I don't know what's going on, man, but expectations? When you got a roster like this, you got an MVP candidate, you got champion DNA on your roster... Dude, it's part of the gig, man. It's part of the gig. Yeah. Maybe he was just mad because he thought the Bulls would be an easy victory. Then he doesn't realize that future MVP Nikola Mirotic <laughs> came to play. Right. Well, we'll see how they handle this moving forward as well as everybody else. Um, but catch us next week where we also break down some more NBA news and some more segments worth performances, uh, names that we bring out from the grave. Uh as well as some trade rumors as we get closer to the tread deadline yeah, and up. also halfway point in the NBA season. All right. Any other final thoughts you have, Sean? Yeah, just happy new year, everybody. We'll see you in 2018. That's right. 